Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com. Dial it for funny. Meet, spelled with an A, your dreams at 1900hotdog.com. 1900hotdog, Frankfurt U, Frankfurt everyone. I'm Catchphrase Master Sean Baby from the internet, and with me is the Uncola, Robert Brockway. Robert Brockway is a Brockway fact. I've touched Corey Feldman, not with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> no follow-up questions. I don't, no I follow-up don't questions. Know. I don't want to know. Uh, our guest is our dear friend and best-selling author, national treasure, Jason. Liberty, 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 liberty. Pargin. <laughs> That's your best intro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, before we get into the subject of, of today's show, uh Sean, how long have you been in the business, in the internet content oh, business? God, 28 years. So I, my marketing right. is good. I just wanted to show it off. I wanted to, I know you're interested in marketing and promotion. I thought, let me show Jason what I can do. Rockway, how long have you been in the game? Fucking, I don't know. Am I in the game? Does this count? <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been trying to get people to look at the stuff you post on the internet? 14 years, something like that. Basically, from the birth of the web, from the first time you had a connection till till now. So, uh, it is safe to say that among the three of us on here, having uh, whatever that was, sixty years of experience trying to get people to look and see the stuff we make online, all three of us know. We all know there's a button we could push that could get lots more people to listen to this show and could make lots more money for you too. Auto tune. You're speaking oh. of the titty button. <laughs> yes, but also, for example, the subject of today's show could be about the controversy over, around the Blue. Harry Potter game. Yeah, Hogwarts oh, Legacy. I knew you were going to say Hogwarts game, that Legacy. Would be good too. <laughs> dropping our episode, our opinion on Hogwarts Legacy, or on the show The Last of Us, and about how some fans of the game, like we could. You could have a meeting every week where it's like, what is the thing people are talking about? <laughs> That's the dog zone this week. Like we yeah. have a meeting. It's like, this is what's, this is what gets all of the engagement. Boom. You put it up. And then that becomes part of the national conversation because then somebody else has got to do an episode reacting to it. We all are well aware mm -hmm. of the show we could be doing God, can if you we were interested in becoming much, much more famous. I think you Instead, should program racist robots to say the N-word if it disarms a nuclear bomb. That's a real that's a real thing in the zeitgeist lately. Sorry to interrupt. There are many YouTube videos about the things Sean just said. If you don't know what he's talking <laughs> about, that's I don't. great. That's really stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, I would um, actually really like, like to talk about it. It's so fascinating to me. AI and AI chatbots, that kind of thing. Yeah. That is that is the kind of thing that you could be doing. And I think if you see months from now that the dog zone has flipped that lever, like it is a current events, what are people mad about this week's show? Yeah. It means that there has been a specific conversation in Slack where it's like, we've got it, we've got to do this. We're like it's we're, yeah. the, the Patreon inflation, the Patreon money, the situation with Patreon to work with and all that. We've got to push the big red button, the one we know we can push where the podcast becomes about what's hot this week. Instead, Oof. 
We're talking instead. about something else because <laughs> instead we're doing it backwards. Like that that way you're letting the world tell you what to talk about. In our way, we tell the world what we want to yeah. talk about. Yeah. You well, fuck actually, you listen to us about this. And then never speak of it again would be best after today. Uh because we're talking about Corey Feldman. Uh <laughs> One of my favorite what a things. Preamble. Uh, one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite Feldman. things that Jason does is he'll come into the work Slack once a week and just post a fucking Court Feldman video <laughs> of him like <laughs> playing to an days. abandoned warehouse. Or <laughs> and to, so, uh, to be to be absolutely clear, for, for for more further context, we're talking about former child actor, very famous in the eighties, Corey Feldman, who has gone into ha- gone on to have a career that almost no one is aware of because those videos I'm posting in the Slack, go click on them. They have like 1,200 views. No one else thinks this is extremely funny (laughs) except for a small group of people who have been following Corey Feldman's post-fame career, which dances on the razor's edge of funny Mm -hmm. and just horrifically tragic in a way that few things do. It is, you sent us a TV show to watch in preparation for this that me and Brockway could not finish. Yeah. How long, how, what, where did you make it to? What part washed you out of Corey Feldman? What part destroyed your willpower? It, it, it's, we're going to get into this. I know Sean has a whole list of notes, but the thing he sent, I got about 18 minutes into it before I had to bail out because that's bad. where I still had it. Uh, I got close to, tell me the part. Yeah, I, his band was playing. That that's it. That's exactly <laughs> where I left him. <laughs> and it was too it was too hard to watch. Yep, I find yep. I find this man to be an extremely compelling figure for terrible reasons. And I just want to get it. We're never going to do another Corey Feldman episode. Almost aside certainly. from right. the 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 four part episode that this will be. <laughs> <laughs> this, I do make this a lot of eight and a half hours shows. is all we're doing. <laughs> we're going to exhaust the man. We're going to just wring the man out until there's nothing left of him. He's kind so of my go-to the- reference because uh, he's he really demonstrates how sometimes your dreams and perseverance don't mean fucking anything. Like he, he spent <laughs> <laughs> like forty years trying to do this and like trying to be Michael Jackson. Yes. Oh, God. He's tried to be Michael Jackson for much longer than Michael Jackson tried. <laughs> oh, that was so, surprisingly dark. I, we're going to have to cut down. The whole, the whole show is going to be like that. Yeah, that's that's not. You know, if, you, if, we, if you set the rule that that kind of thing gets cut, there'll be nothing left. Thanks for coming, um, everybody. Yeah, there's just, just the, the German theme song takes immediately <laughs> in right here. Uh, for for the for the Gen Z listeners who don't necessarily know who Corey Feldman is, who are like sitting there right now saying, "I I dead ass like no cap, I dead ass don't know who Corey sure. like it's is is he bussing? Is he is he <laughs> sus? Like I don't like I He's, I low key yeah. just don't I dead ass low key don't know who Corey Feldman is, bro. What a great impression! Uh, yes, perfect uh, Gen Z impersonation. Okay, so Corey Feldman was a child star. He was in a lot of fantastic movies, uh, Stand By Me, The Goonies, Gremlins. Uh, I'm forgetting Lost some. Boys. Lost Boys, of course. Um, and then just like as soon as he got out of puberty, it was it was all downhill. Like people realized like, nope, that's that's enough Corey Feldman. Uh, and he did a movie called Dream a Little Dream where they, he kind of had a leading role. And everyone's like, God, 
I don't think so. And that was kind of it. Uh, he's still been a working actor. He was one of the Ninja Turtle voices. Uh, he was in the main star of a couple more movies after 1989, like uh, Rock and Roll High School for, Forever, where he played Michael Jackson, and Meatballs 4, where he played Corey Feldman. And those are his two roles. Uh, that's his acting range. Uh, we have uh, talked about Bordello of Blood on the show. That was 1996, and Corey Feldman was in there. And uh, it kind of gave a hint of who he was as a person. Obviously, he's not a very good actor, but like as a person, you're like, wait, this dude fucking sucks. Because he had like all this, this behind-the-scenes testimony of like, uh, all the women on set were really cranky with him because they wouldn't let him get close to them. And I guess uh, that's what he, like what he calls it when he tries to grope them in his trailer before telling her she'll never get anywhere in this town with that attitude. Uh, and that's like the vibe that he gives off. Uh, but I don't really want to talk about his acting. I did take a ton of notes. Um, but like Corey Feldman's business plan for an out-of-work bikini model, he found at Chipotle. Uh, my notes are a bit of a mess. And I don't think he deserves a well-outlined and researched biography, so we're just going to kind of wing it. Uh, so that's Corey Feldman. He's... <laughs> At what point in your research did you be like, I'm not fucking spending this much time on Corey Feldman? At like, how, how many minutes points. into it? Uh, at, like every 20 to 30 minutes. Was it, it 18 minutes? 18 yeah, minutes, 18 exactly. Minutes. Every time I got to his band, I was yeah. like, nope, fuck this. I'm changing the show all around. He's so, he's so tragic. But he's also such an idiot liar that like it starts to get funny again and it starts to get sad again. And uh, I don't know. He, he's undeniably very famous, but it's like he's been playing celebrity since 1989 and he just kind of doesn't have the star power to actually make a project work. And it's weird because he exists now in a world where uh, his level of fame should translate directly into money. And it, it just doesn't. He somehow taken a thing that has so much value to everyone and made it worthless and tragic. And uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of amazing. But I do want to talk about his music because uh, that's really where he focuses all his effort because no one will hire him to act. Uh, so in the late 90s, he started trying to be Michael Jackson. There's a clip of him on a show called The Improv that, I don't know, maybe we should stop and look it up. Uh, look up Corey Feldman, Improv 1989. And um, I just want you to... Yeah, just for like 20 seconds, you got to see this. It's just so fucking breathtaking. He, he he does a bunch of Michael Jackson moves, but with a lot of mime, a lot more mime than you'd expect. And he's off by like a full half a second with his lip syncing. Like he seems to have forgotten completely that he's supposed to be lip syncing. Anyway, and you can do this at home. We can cut um, this. And just... Do you have any Corey Feldman music? loaded up on the, oh, so the soundboard. Much. Absolutely. Yes. I just didn't have this because it's a visual gag. And I just wanted, I wanted you to get in that vibe with me of, of full manic, uh, Michael Jackson, mime Corey Feldman. I think in 1989, this outfit he's wearing was still appropriate to Michael Jackson, but within a year or two, Michael Jackson would start being a different kind of Michael Jackson. And yes. it must've just utterly ruined all of his hopes and dreams. Like, <laughs> no, you can't, <laughs> we're, we're doing the best thing. What are right. you doing? Yeah, if you dress as Michael Jackson for Halloween, you 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 pick between like little short eras, like basically different music videos. And uh, Corey Feldman picked one and stuck with it for 15, it 20 years. It was the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, it's the wrong one. Okay, so one of the clips that I pasted into the Slack was of Corey Feldman at some sort of a music festival or some sort of a festival where he was performing wearing the exact outfit that Michael Jackson wears in the video for bad and on the yeah. album cover for the album yeah. bad and bad came out in whatever year that was 35 yeah, years ago. It's been a very long time. 
Right. And this is a video from a, like a couple weeks ago. And it was Corey Feldman playing for a group of like 27 people. And it was yeah. him like, and he has these dance moves that again, have not changed in the however many decades he's been doing music. It's a very kind of Michael Jackson esque like song and dancing that for some reason he's just captured and cited. I'm going to make this work you know, in the nineties, the 20, the two thousands, the twenty tens, like he's just stuck with it. It is legendary in its persistence. Anyway, in this clip, <laughs> he's, he says, I want to, you know, I want to introduce our keyboardist, um, oh, and my, my lovely wife and our nutritionist and whatever. And ladies and gentlemen, she's talented too. She plays keyboards, synthesizer. She's our VJ, our DJ, our ballerina, our health coach. Of course, the lovely wife. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mrs. Courtney Feldman. Huge setup. And then she does this keyboard <laughs> solo. It's so good. Awesome. So that's that's I, not us laughing. That was the us. audience laughing. That was the audience because it's Corey Feldman throws it to his wife, I, I guess Courtney Feldman, and to throw to her doing a keyboard solo, and it kind of seems like she's never played keyboard before. She just <laughs> she just <laughs> out some keys, and the the people in the audience start to laugh. In this entire time, Corey Feldman, it, just imagine it to the left of her dancing furiously. To <laughs> the one way he knows how solo. to dance. The one way right. he knows how to dance. Now, again, as a question that I know we have audiences out there, you know, asking a thousand times an episode, is this person doing a bit? Because that would be a very funny bit <laughs> if it was a bit. It absolutely is not. I do not believe that anything Corey Feldman does is a bit, not in the way we know it. It's all just tragedy all the way down. Yeah. I found a lot of evidence that he's, uh, completely caught up in self-delusion like there's just it's has been a safety mechanism for decades now and and there's no penetrating it like in the face of magnificent failure he'll he'll like find some sort of a way to spin it now already i worry that some people think guys you are punching down on Corey feldman like he's just out there trying to scratch out a living like he's uh-huh. clearly a small-time struggling musician why are you being mean to him Oh, that, we'll get into that. some reasons. Yeah, the, the, there's a. I have a lot of sound clips uh, specifically so people will feel okay with what we're doing here today. <laughs> Give us one, <laughs> so we, we feel okay, okay early. Uh, this is from his uh, second album. It's uh, the song is called "What Is a Dog." The album is called "Former Child Actor." His first album failed pretty bad. It's called "Love Left." Uh, every song on that was sort of a slow paced blues rock that uh, I couldn't stand, so I didn't take any clips. It's, it's, it sounds like he's making up songs as he goes along for the background of a biker movie. It's like the kind of band Andrew Dice Clay would start, which seems really odd given he wanted to be Michael Jackson. Uh, so here he is, a former child actor. What is a dog? Like an animal, 
juego. Okay. Okay. Um, now, now we do have to keep these sound clips to like ten seconds or so. No, we not for cop, not for copyright reasons, <laughs> but because I, I have because to. It hurts because it, it's too. It's too hard on the human spirit. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded it's, a little bit like a junior high band trying to cover Tom Waits for the first time. Right. What I was got- that? N64 or, or GameCube game where they had it was the Eternal Darkness or something like that where they had the sanity meter. If you saw too much horror, like your character yeah. would would go insane and, and everything would glitch out. That's going to be just imagine that I have one of those meters for the recording of this podcast. <laughs> well, you, you have to space that, that was a Lovecraft rift for sure. I was uh, uh, I was watching this lip syncing at the improv video that you told us. I was watching it on mute because, of course, I was. Uh, and for just a second there, for about a three-second window, Jason's speech cadence synced up with Corey Feldman's <laughs> dancing. So your, your standing meter is fucked already. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this already isn't the world that you started off in. Uh, I really like the part where he starts going, what is it, dog? Like he just keeps attacking the line in insane ways, like uh, like Corey Haim doing retakes. And it's just like, none. Of, he never lands on it. It's like, pick a fucking way to sing this song. Uh, the other thing I love is the okay. beginning. Uh, it, it, you cut probably, it sounded a lot like Come Together, like like John Lennon. Uh, and that's who again is, yeah, well, I, I feel like that's what he's going for. Like, there's another song on there where he actually does cover John Lennon's Imagine and he even fakes like a British accent. Like he, just, he doesn't even fucking care. And um, I don't know. I feel like that was one of Michael Jackson's heroes. So I, I feel like it's more just Michael shit. Here's the thing with his music. And we're going to get into it because this ties into some of the cultish stuff he's done. It, it's cultish it one, stuff. <laughs> it would be one thing if, a child actor moved on and took their wealth and started a band and got into music. And it was like, they just made some weird music, you know, getting in touch with some stuff they love or whatever. The whole thing with Corey Feldman is he has been trying extremely hard to become a pop star and to write like mainstream pop type music to where there's, he's got as where I'm sure you've got a sound clip entire songs about, how he's becoming famous or, you know, they're like these huge, massively overproduced, like where the whole thing is like, I am super rock star as opposed to just, you know, I've got the time and the money. I'm going to make some weird music just for me and my friends. The whole thing is it's, he's trying to do this sound where it's like, I'm going to pick up the baton that, uh, that Michael left. You're, of course, speaking about uh, Jingle Bell Rock, the other song from the album. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle Bells swing and Jingle Bells ring. Snowing and blowing bushels of fun. Jingle bell time, 
He didn't me at first. He got me though. <laughs> you let that play for 12 and a half minutes. Yep. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Time means nothing in the Jingle Bell Rock universe. Uh, so I <laughs> go ahead. am trying to think of, no, stop. I don't care. You don't get to just move on to the next thing. You <laughs> Fuck you. We need time to process. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think 10 months from now when I'm doing some sort of a Christmas thing with my friends <laughs> and slipping the Corey Feldman oh. cover of Jingle Bell Rock into the mix of music, whoever's, whatever they're using to play it on. They've got their phone or, or whatever. I, I'm trying to figure out how to slip that in seamlessly <laughs> and just to wait for someone to notice it. How long, I don't know if you can see the recording. Do you know how long that track runs? Because it feels like it probably runs for a real long time. Yeah, he was only he took a long time to get started. He was like, let's ease into this one, boys. It's a jingle bell rock. We gotta be here for a while. Yeah, I think the clip I played was like I said, 12 and a half minutes. Um <laughs> let me go to the uh, let's see. Three minutes, eighteen seconds is the official track list. Okay, That's yeah, impossible. I so four hours, basically. Yeah. <laughs> see, I'm I'm worried that that's never going to fully leave me. I'm worried that come next Christmas time, I'm going to hear Jingle Bell Rock, which I will a lot. And every time I'm going to think about that, and that's not fair. <laughs> I love it because he has that Christian rock energy of like, like a 11 year old who spends a lot of time in the room practicing being cool. And they're like, dude, I'm just going to make Jingle Bell Rock the coolest. And it's just weird pauses where no one else would think to put them. I don't know. It, it's, it's a hard thing to, to, to explain, I guess. So how far down the notes do we need to get? I assume you've got our stuff to get to first before we start talking about the weird sex cult. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Weird let's, let's sex cult. So, uh, I just wanted to play a little bit of his songs. Like That's how most people experienced Corey Feldman uh, for, I guess, until the, the early 2010s. It's just sort of he would put these songs out that no one heard that were just unthinkable. And then he'd sort of show up in a direct-to-video movie every now and then. Uh, but then there was a very famous Vice article about his uh, Feld Mansion. Uh, it was by a guy named Jamie Lee Tate, and he got Corey Feldman's permission to go to his birthday party and write about it and take pictures of it, but only if Corey Feldman got the final edit. And so uh, he... Have you guys read this article? This uh, this one yeah. around a lot. I, Not, okay. I read that at the time, but it's been a long time. Not only did I read it, it cracked. We did a little thing reposting it linking to it and then we made a joke that Corey feldman was starting what appeared to be a weird sex cult uh -huh. and that <laughs> it was destined to end in some sort of an armed standoff with police which to be fair has not happened yeah yet yeah um and Corey feldman responded to it on twitter is like mad at us saying like it's not a cult it's all about uh, love and these women uh -huh. are all staying there voluntarily and, and it's all a weird thing to have to specify all of us you know in the you know I'm we're all here to serve god you know and that's my purpose is to, you know the the togetherness and the creative energy is you know why we're all here on our on this compound the 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 Corey's yeah. angels compound so anyway yeah we actually referenced it in our crack days and it started a very extremely minor 
dust up that I'm sure Beef. he has since forgotten. And I'm sure Corey Feldman believes that wholeheartedly. He, while he's being like a, I don't know, there's got to be hundreds of small time porn producers doing exactly what he's doing, having like a small harem of women that he occasionally has sex with, but for the most part, just stands near while they're mostly naked and is like, hey, look at me. I, I know all these naked ladies. Uh, okay, yeah, for, for the people who aren't familiar with that article or whatever, you need to describe exactly yeah, yeah. the scene okay. that played out. Right, so so this guy gives the text to Corey Feldman, who gives it approval, because um, he's a delusional idiot and did not rec- recognize all the obvious sarcasm, because it was like, dude, Corey Feldman's party's the best. He's the fucking, he does whatever he wants. He's Corey Feldman. And, and uh, the whole thing has that tone. It's like almost mean-spirited, and uh, but... The, the content of the article is that he would charge $250 to men to come to the party and they could wear whatever they wanted, but the women had to be approved by him and they could get in free if they were in their underwear the whole time. They had to, it had to be the whole fucking time. Um, you can't just come and get to the door and then put on your clothes, fucking kick you right out. Anyway, uh, you could also pay $500 an hour to sit in Corey's hot tub uh, or $2,500 for a private angel service in the cabana. Uh, the writer said no one took them up on any of this. Basically, the party was super sad and no one showed up because who would? These are, this is just okay, like a you, weird amateur you strip said the word. You said the word angel and angel service. Explain who the angels okay. are. That's it's a good idea. I would say angels are women in their underpants, uh, mostly down in their luck, aspiring models and pornographers who were who, who signed a contract to live in Corey Feldman's Feld Mansion. And, That's the and they, wear, they must wear angel wings the whole time. <clears throat> yes. Angel wings, sometimes little halo things. Uh, they they seem very sad and scared. They, they, they seem like members of an involuntary sex cult. Um, they signed a contract. He's very... They, in they the 18 minutes of that show that we watched, he mentioned that contract over and over and over again. So many times. Yes. Anytime somebody questioned any part of it, he was like, oh, it's in the contract. We're just like, okay, yeah, we understand that you tried to write a slavery contract, but I guess he finds women dull enough to believe that is enforceable because you could just run, ladies. You could run. And in the contract, he controls what they eat. He controls their exercise routine. He controls what they wear. He controls who can come to visit. So right. when we say, when we use throw around the word cult, I realize it may not fit the dictionary definition of a cult. And all of these are, well, they're not allegations. These are the things he stated himself in multiple publicity appearances. It has features of a cult that if you read about danger signs of a cult, it's all this stuff, trying to control your diet, your sexuality, your dress, your identity, all of that stuff. And then controlling who can come see you like men are not allowed it's him and all of the sexy ladies um who he has promised to help their career and then he gets a cut if they get any work again not like a cult where they seize part of your income no no no. this is totally different because they signed a contract so so this is the thing is that Corey feldman feels like just knowing him and him being able to like call someone Mm. on your behalf for for whatever nude modeling gig is a valuable thing. And now I, I think everyone in every industry, entertainment or not, understands that uh, careers are built around connections mainly. Like having a relationship with someone means that they think of you when work shows up and they like call you and, hey, a gig, gig popped up. It takes a very unusual sociopath to find themselves in a community like that and say, hey, I'm the one person in this chain 
who gets paid in sex for this. Like everyone else, like, like when he gives a, a woman to a guy taking pictures that it wouldn't occur to that guy. Oh, Hey, I should get all these girls in my office to pay me in sex because I gave them a job or I might give them a job someday. It's fucking stupid. And he deserves all the humiliation he gets is my point. He's just like, a, I don't know. I don't know how to put it any better than that. Um, but anyway, this article was hilarious. The pictures were really sad. Uh, it's just like a bunch of hunched over women, like kind of boredly standing next to broken pinball machines. And Corey, like like he did with Cracked, like just picked a fight with anyone who who fucking talked about it. Uh, my favorite tweet from it is uh, he tweeted at Vice. He said, it's called defamation of character and slander. And I'm pretty sure those things are still illegal in this country. And I thought that was so fantastic and impotent. Um, yeah, anyway, but he because all, it. because all Vice did was show pictures of his party and describe what happens, which is that right. you cannot make a party happen this way. For those of you listening who never go to parties, you can't you can't charge a bunch of weird, sad perverts to come <laughs> hang out with your paid uh, women in their underwear, where no one wants to be there, no one knows each other. And then you try to force it to yeah. look like some sort of fancy Hollywood sex party thing. Like, like, like you're a rock star and this is your rock star lifestyle. And so all they had to do was show photos of the tragic, <laughs> tragic vibe of this party. It yeah. is, it again, I do not think I made it through that Vice article. It was... You made it 18 minutes into that by <laughs> As soon as his band showed up. Uh, what, what funny, it's funny though, uh, the next year they went back in undercover this time. They paid $300 to get in. Cameras were banned at the party. Uh, they wrote a second article about this. Corey, uh, he'd learned his lesson. No pictures, no press. Uh, and then they tried to shake him down for another $200 at the door. And the writer of the article just says, yeah, we just told them we weren't going to fucking pay that. They let us in anyway. Uh, they, <laughs> you, you bullied, you bullied yeah. Corey Feldman security. They're like, yeah, that's, you're right. Okay, fine. Come on. Want to get your ass kicked? Uh, no, you can go in. What about, what about $4? <laughs> so they showed up, uh, they said at nine, but then they wouldn't let him in. They're like, oh, they're still preparing the party, which basically meant not enough people were there and he didn't want it to look super sad. So they waited an hour until two other people showed up and then the four of them partied for a couple hours until finally like almost two dozen people showed up eventually the article was just as sarcastic and brutal it's almost petty it's like this person was trying to hurt Corey feldman's feelings uh like he was talking shit about the frames Corey was using to display his childhood movie posters like oh these fucking bullshit walgreens frames on your goonies <laughs> poster fuck you Corey. uh like a real personal aggressive tone to it and fair enough Corey threatened to sue this guy for writing about his birthday party so there's also a really pathetic moment I want to mention where the, a helicopter flew over the party and shined a spotlight on him. And they tried to convince everyone there that this was TMZ trying to get shots. Of them. Like, oh, they're trying to get the celebrity shots. But it's like everyone there knew that it was just a normal sized party of non-famous people. And then uh, the cops showed up and made him turn the music down because like his Encino neighbors were just a bunch of regular adults who didn't want to fucking hear noisy. Uh, anyway, that was... Uh, the most famous thing Corey Feldman had done in about 20 years was get completely roasted by Vice Magazine. And, and that's uh, what put him back on my radar. 
Yes. And he would try to cash out on this publicity because, again, at every stage when something like this has come up, he has really like tried to say like, oh, we're getting engagement now. Like we're going to launch all of these various right. enterprises. Like I, I assume without looking that Corey Feldman has an NFT of some kind, probably. I not, I didn't even look, but yeah, that's a really good. Really, I'm gonna, It'd be I'll look it up. so weird if he didn't. He certainly has Corey Coin and like a company store <laughs> at the Angel Compound that all the angels can only buy things in Corey Coin. Okay, cool. It's not loading very well. Uh, Corey Feldman NFT launch only two thousand two hundred twenty two available. Uh, yeah, this page good is call. Real low, but uh, now for the first time ever, Corey is opening up his colorful world to you. In a brand new way, commemorate Corey's unforgettable career and get first access to his future work with the all-new Corey Feldman PFP NFTs. Only 2,222 will be minted. Uh, oh, it's paused until he's able to promote his NIFT project. I'm not sure if that's a typo or if if that's a spin. And then there's pictures of him when he's like So it's exactly like his birthday party where not enough people showed up. Yes. <laughs> he's going to have to wait. <laughs> we're, still, uh, we're still getting it ready. Oh, gosh. Oh, uh, you're in party know. escrow. So here's what he translated that fame into. He appeared on Celebrity Wife Swap, uh, where he traded wives with Tommy Davidson, and it was brutal. This was only seven or eight years ago, and I remember it being gross, but it is fucking gross. You guys obviously didn't make it too far into it. but uh, This is gonna... the video that Sean, we were talking about earlier that me and Brockway could not make it all the way through. The Celebrity Wife Swap, which is, by the way, Celebrity I assume everyone understands they've not gotten, you know, a Brad Pitt and yeah, we, we and know whoever to trade. It's yeah, it is. It is the pool of celebrities who keep showing up on. It's like the sixth Baldwin brother. It is. It is that level of celebrities, and so yeah, it is where this is where Corey Feldman. In this episode, like he is performing so hard for the camera, as yeah. like you know, I'm wild and crazy. You know, I'm always in the headlines. You know, once again, you all want to know about me. The <laughs> energy that comes from him is, I don't even know how to describe it. It's so rough and it's so needy and it's mm-hmm. so, yeah, here I am on TV again because yeah. of my crazy lifestyle. And it's like, no, this is the first thing you've booked in, <laughs> you know, aside from like a smart show where you're or signing Tommy Davidson has to feed into that. They keep cutting Tommy and Tommy's like, oh yeah, I heard about Corey Feldman, how he parties. No, you haven't. The producer, (laughs) the producer is prompting you to say anything good about Corey. Yeah, Tommy Davidson seemed like, uh, you know, not a superstar, but like a working stand-up and like most people appreciate his work. And I don't know. He seems like really mature for this show. Like he, he has his head together and he, he sees what he does as, like a job and a craft and, and Corey's just like, a fart noise. Uh, but Corey was, he was on the surreal life before this, um, which is like where they took all the celebrities and threw them in a house and made them play games. And that is a fun show, but he was really obnoxious and stupid on it. And he kept trying to promote his terrible music. Uh, but it was this episode of wife swap where he became publicly known as the desperate sex cult leader to like a TV viewing audience. Uh, so he'd grown up, and he, he, he's decided to stop copying Michael Jackson and now copy Hugh Hefner. 
Uh, I have a clip from While it. still copying Michael Jackson. Of course, yes. He'll never give it up. I have helped a lot of women with their careers in Hollywood. And then I would realize they went off to be successful. And what did I get out of it? Not much. That's why I developed my company, Corey's Angels. Corey's Angels is a management, production, and development business comprised of beautiful, talented women. Girls sign a contract with us so that when they do succeed, I can get rewards as well for the work that I've put into them. When the girls become angels, they move into my house and they literally become part of our extended family. I'm Lynn. I'm a professional actress, model, and I'm one of Corey's angels. I am Caitlin, and I am an aspiring actress, professional model, and Corey's angel in training. I'm Courtney. I'm a DJ, and I'm Corey's mangel. Oh, hell, hell. One of them also, hasn't slept with Corey. Corey. Guess has which one? My life in so many ways. <laughs> he uses his own connections to help me be successful. Oh, I love you. He's sexy and gorgeous, and I love him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that laugh. That hurts so bad. <laughs> that laugh he gave there, um, where he, in response to her saying that scripted line about how he's beautiful and sexy and has. That was where I almost bailed out because yep. she's she's doing this scripted like POW statement thing, and yeah, she's blinking weird there next to her, and then he does this weird stilted laugh, uh-huh. and it feels like that was the seventh or eighth take of that laugh. Do you know what I mean? Like they had to keep yes. doing it, her statement over and again, and his reaction. Like he's not like a good enough one. actor to to do false modesty to to do like this. Oh shucks, <laughs> really? <laughs> like, and he didn't have like a a joke ready to like something yeah. like you know. Of course, she's. I didn't make her say that or something like that. It's right. so stilted and so weird that it has that cult quality of people who don't really interact with the outside world. Yeah. Like they only they're in this house with each other, living under the same rules, under the same weird. And I, you know, obviously he prefers women of a specific age. I have not looked into how he cycles out his angels and which one becomes his mangel. Corey Feldman banging old lady. I'm not getting any matches. For for anyone listening, saying, hey, you guys, at no point has there been any evidence that there is sexual activity going on in this house. (laughs) Like, this could just be, like, they could be living there as part of a creative, he does heavily imply they are all having sex over and over and over again in this episode. He he thinks it's the the funniest, cutest thing, and he says it, like, to the camera and makes comments. Except for the angel in training, who has only done hand stuff. (laughs) Hasn't become the full angel yet. So, yeah, this was 2015. So, like, we weren't that square. And so the the producer, you can hear him going, like, so what, this is like a polyamory thing? And Corey's like, what happens behind closed doors? <laughs> it's behind closed doors. So he desperately wants us to think it's a polyamory thing, but, like, doesn't want to pull the tra- I don't get it. He's, like, just super gleefully proud that he might have boned two aspiring pornographer sex slaves at once at some point in his life. I don't know. I it's 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 super gross. It's... It's like a seventh grader bragging about how he got his finger in someone's butt. It's it's just fucking pathetic. Uh, anyway, uh, I have a... I'd be impressed with the seventh grader, actually. <laughs> I'm not impressed with Corey Feldman, but the seventh grader getting a finger in the okay. butt at seventh grade, that's pretty good. 
Well, that happens on accident more than you think. We have a very kind of strict regimen. Rule number one, we will put them on the angel diet. That means no meat of any kind. I'm a fruitarian, which means that I only eat fruit. Number two, exercise. You'll die if you like only fruit. You guys <laughs> right. Number three, we don't allow men on the property unless they're invited guests. Like a normal That's house. how you do it. This lifestyle is not for the close-minded or faint of heart. I strive every day to do God's will. Yay! <laughs> and this is what God wants. And, and to be fair, there were a lot of living arrangements in the Bible very similar to this. That's true. Uh, there were a lot of quote. human purchases. Th- this is this is much closer to traditional marriage than what like modern Republicans mean when they say we need to go back to like the the Bible. The Old Testament's definition of traditional marriage looked way more like this, like one wealthy person with a compound uh, acquiring acquiring various women and well, telling one, them what they could eat. One mime and five sex slaves. That's that's how our country was built. Uh, so, uh, I guess Corey's shown off that he's a sex trafficker and you know, what he, what he's done is obviously he didn't invent this. Uh, he copied it from Hugh Hefner and many, many thousands of people have also tried to copy Hugh Hefner. Uh, they give a copy of the rules to Tommy Davidson's wife, uh, who herself looks like an angel. She's a very beautiful woman. Uh, and She's reading this off. She's super like square though. And when she sees this, it's like angels must be coachable and teachable. And she's like, dude, you, this is fucking fucked. This whole thing is fucking fucked. <laughs> and, and Corey spends the whole time, like just trying to touch her. Like he's like trying to give her hugs all the time as if like he'd counted as sexual conquest. If he touched Tommy Davidson's wife's boobs with his shirt. Anyway, uh, it's counting uh, coup on her. He, he tells her that she needs, he's like, I don't like your outfit. She's like, what's wrong with my outfit? He goes, it'd look better on the floor. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? You just met me. And then he's like, tries to talk her into wearing a pink robe over her underpants because that's what the girls in his house wear. And, and she says anyway. no very clearly. And then, yeah. the, then she reappears later in a pink robe and underwear. Right. And it's very clear that the producers were like, listen, this isn't going to work unless you get no. Yeah, I mean that's the whole bit of the show is that you you get out of your comfort zone for like comical whatever. So there's no way they expected anything like this though. They were like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go and (laughs) fucking Chimbalushi's house." Oh no, I'm gonna find out he's messy. Like (laughs) to get to to go on this show as a kind of square couple and get a sex cult. Like, yeah, no. you just, if you're Jim Belushi's no house, pressing. you have to hang dong, fucking dick out the whole time. <laughs> the second you cross the threshold, get it out. We call it a hog hunt. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> hog hunt starring Jim Belushi and a German shepherd. Oh, so just the act of pointing out the situation starts to unravel these women's lives. Like she's like, "Oh, you guys are in a sex cult. This is fucking stupid." And they're like, "What? No, Corey." helps us. Corey was going to get us job. And uh, I, I don't know. Corey's trying to look, to look cool and missing wildly while this woman's just like, no, this you shouldn't be doing this. And he's like, you, you're not even that hot. We could get you super hot if we just fed you fruit all the time. And she has to explain, <laughs> no, no, you don't you don't judge the bodies of women you just met. You're a fucking lipless goblin who's 70 pounds in a big hat. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the point is uh, Corey Feldman, 
uh, sucks and probably shouldn't be commenting on people's body because he looks like a, a cartoon and an elderly man. And then it cuts to like a picture of him. He's like, <laughs> why is that the one that gets me? Oh. <laughs> he says, people are constantly comparing me to Michael Jackson. They say, I look like Michael Jackson. My clothes are like Michael Jackson. My music is like, you know, whatever. Like he, even he couldn't, he say doesn't it. have a point. He just, he's just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and they say that a lot of people call it Michael Jackson music. And you guys uh, and think that's cool. Right. I do like when he watches the, the girls work out, because they're like doing stretches and hops and stuff. And obviously they don't do this all day. This is for the cameras and he is not joining them. I don't think he's lifted something in 40 years. Uh, and uh, Corey tries to get Tommy Davidson's wife to do like a sexy photo shoot. He just gives her a big pile of panties. Like, Ooh, this, look at this G string thong. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he's, he's like, she's like, I'll wear like a swimming suit cover up. You fucking goblin. And he's like, I can't see your body. The whole, the whole show is like this. This guy just desperately trying to touch another man's wife or see her boobs. And then in the same breath being like, I just believe in the beauty of God and trying to take care of all of God's creatures. It's just, it's a nightmare. Um, he's a little, all little virgin. God's baby. naked blonde creatures. That's how I think <laughs> okay. of you. Naked blonde uh, creatures. Another of the 37 points at which I almost dropped out of watching the episode before I finally quit was when they staged a thing where it, I think it was during when he was talking about the rules of his, of, of the Corey's angels and talking about the workout regimen. And then it had the three of them in like, you know, sports bras and, and tiny shorts. Uh, and they were like bending over doing some more sort of like downward uh, yeah. dog thing. And then he was sitting right behind them looking up their buttholes. And then they were doing, it was, it was like a bit from the 19. 19- 60s like yeah. it was like a benny hill skit yeah it's like, like oh, i love special. to yeah i love to watch your workout like it's the weirdest now what i believe least. he said exactly was <laughs> i like watching you hop <laughs> that's exactly what he said yes didn't pull a it is, of it so if yeah of course if you try to pull a clip of that your computer just disappears into a void of darkness. <laughs> it doesn't want to hear that shit. It, it, it no longer exists in our universe anymore. It's gone to, it's gone to the event horizon hell zone. Um, it is so weird and stilted that it almost comes off like he actually doesn't find this arousing at all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it's like, it, it's like if he was made to pretend to be, a different sexual orientation than he is. It's so weirdly stilted and so weird. Like he's going so yeah. over the top. I didn't take it in that off. way. Exactly. I, I thought it was more like virgin energy. Like, like these are women who have an agreement to live here with no touching. And he's like, Oh boy, I sure like having sex with all these dames. You know, I, I don't know. That's really it's, what's in the contract is that they can't contradict him when he implies that they have sex. See, I. <laughs> but you got feel like, a, like every single moment he talks or implies about like how much sex he's having with the angels, it feels kind of like a thirteen-year-old mm-hmm. boy in middle school boasting to his other thirteen-year-old friends about all of the poon tank he's getting. Yeah, 
it's like so it's so clear like, like obviously any adult to hear some teenager boasting about like you can tell they've never touched a woman in their life it's it feels like that and i don't want to make the accusation that this is not a sex cult like he's tried like he stated that uh, you know this is hey this is my sex cult for me to come out and say no there, this is just a cult. There's actually no sex happening here. I think that would be actionable. So I'm not, I'm not accusing him of that. You don't, want to lie the, you don't believe the energy, in the sex part of the cult. The energy is so phony that one of two things is true: that there is secretly no sex in his sex cult, or he is so bad at acting that when right. he's just trying to act like horny guy looking at hot babes. He doesn't know how to do the mannerisms and voice because that's how bad he is at acting. Yeah. I think it could be any of those, but I think the last could one Could they is have lied to him about what sex is? Could the angels oh. be exploiting <laughs> Corey this whole time? Like we have it backwards and they're yeah. telling him that sex is is like when they clap it as Michael Jackson dancing mm-hmm. and like that's sex. We played Uno for 45 minutes. We've already had lots of sex today. Every time you reverse an Uno, that's sex. That's a, that's what they mean by switching positions. Yeah. Did you not know about sex, Corey? Oh, no, no, I know. I knew that was sex. I knew that was sex. Uh, there's there's some moments of realness in the show where where Tommy Davidson's wife takes the woman's women aside and they're like, dude, you should maybe go to college. Like, this isn't going to help you in life. Uh, she doesn't say all this stuff on camera, but like, uh, she does tell them to go to college, but I'm sure she gave them a talk about how this fucking guy can't, He's not a talent booker. He's not a talent agent. He's he's nothing. He, he can't get you work any better than literally anyone in Hollywood. And uh, Corey Feldman is he keeps calling out like backstabbing. He's like, "How dare you speak to them behind my back?" And then with tears in his eyes, he's screaming, "You're not going to let her destroy my entire company." Uh, <laughs> and so that, that that was a pretty real moment. But that's one. It. It's just one normal woman came in once, and the whole thing fell <laughs> yeah, apart. The whole thing is crumbling. <laughs> like all it took is one woman to say, "There's a life outside of this terrible situation," and uh, and he's like, "Damn it, you're you're killing everything." But whatever. They they seem like they're having fun in a d- weird, dark, like in a forced know. way. Yeah, like. Uh, like they're definitely on Corey's team when an argument starts. They're like, no, if we are happy here. We are having, we are getting our education. And um, I don't, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's really hard to get through, but it's, it's, it's powerful and, and super gross. And uh, when they finally reunite the wives and husbands together, Corey Feldman the, spends the whole time like grinning and leering at Tommy Davidson about how high I almost saw your wife's boobs. It was just like the fact that Tommy didn't punch him is really fucked up to me. And uh, he spends the whole time complaining like, your wife talked to the girls behind my back uh, about going out and seeking other opportunities. And then he tells a sob story about how these poor, poor girls need Corey. He makes him sound like he just picks up homeless women at, at bus stations and like gives them underpants and, and saves again, fruit. You get underpants and fruit. If you come live with me, all you can eat. Uh, wait, and the bat deal. Oh, hold on. Again, I did not get to this part of the episode. So mm-hmm. did he seriously say, I intentionally go out and find disadvantaged women who have nothing else and are from broken homes? And Almost I word give for them- word. Yes. These are broken women who 
who need him and that's and he gives them a a chance he's, gives them he's said that before a few times about yeah. how he like he goes to bus stations and waits for women that look lost like they got <laughs> off the bus and they don't know what to do next yep. and then he that's when he gives them his his spiel it is like a child's idea of what you would do with like fame and power you'd like oh i'm just gonna find women like starry-eyed coming to hollywood and turn them into sex slaves uh so on the way out after just like really insulting them and being really petulant and difficult he gives tommy davidson a hug he's like maybe make a movie one day so he's still he's still trying to like you thought uh, make it that work that. <laughs> yeah i tried to kidnap your wife it didn't work she's too strong <laughs> for me let's do movies uh this has a little six weeks later sting and caitlin finally finished her angel training and has a picture of her in her uh brawn panties so great work to caitlin uh, she's ready to literally never do anything. I didn't find anything she's ever done. Uh, she's done so Corey Feldman is what happened. She, yeah, that's true. She, that's how you get your wings. Let's have a, a couple types of HPV. So a year later, uh, Corey Feldman stopped doing the parties saying basically uh, the the article from Vice. He didn't mention the wife swap article, I don't think, but he said it damages brand. So also he wasn't paying rent for that place and he got in trouble for that. I'm sure his neighbors complained a lot. <laughs> Uh, I found an article about that. I hear that all the time with these like celebrity, D-list celebrities living in million dollar houses in California. Like, oh, he hasn't paid rent in four years. So he's getting kicked out. How do you fucking teach me how to get away with that? Don't teach me how to fucking start a sex cult. Teach me how to (laughs) exploit free rent for four years from a million dollar mansion. Uh, That's worth money. I have the press release. From when he stopped throwing these par- these rager parties that everyone loved, uh, one of the world's favorite actors and musicians has been the victim of negativity from the press. Corey Feldman is loved by all for his iconic roles in blockbuster movies such as Gremlins, The Goonies, and Stand by Me. But now Feldman is going public that he feels betrayed by a media outlet. Uh, he doesn't name that. Okay, back to the quoting. Feldman has received international exposure for his multi-tiered 360 management development and production entity called Corey's Angels. The company is known for creating an environment where women who have endured abuse and torture throughout their lives could live in an atmosphere free of judgment and criticism while feeling appreciated Jesus and beautiful. <laughs> and torture. You find torture victims. confession. Torture. Yes, it's a confession. He's like, he's very take, proud of all of his crimes. I take down on the luck and abused women and I shift that abuse into a more sexual nature. Uh, so I guess the rest of this, it, more of that. It's obviously written by Corey Feldman and how like beloved he is and how great Corey's angel is and how like it's just because of that one Vice article that we stopped uh, doing the parties. Uh, but I just love it because all it takes is for someone to look at Corey Feldman and his life falls apart. Vice is like, we'll send one, one reporter to talk about your party, destroyed his parties. We'll take one fucking camera crew and look at Corey's angels and the whole world is like, this is a sex cult. Uh, I have another clip here. Uh, this is when Corey and the Angels uh, played at a collegiate summer baseball league game. Uh, this went around. You might have seen this. It's- <laughs> I, I saw that one. Uh, oh, played- I've seen all of them. I am unfortunately a connoisseur of, of these clips, but please. I'm just going to play it. This is- Oh, 
yeah. you know, playing. It's just, it's just that for like 40 seconds. You can barely understand okay. it. What you now can't hear must- are the people throwing batteries at him. <laughs> <laughs> we must we must now seamlessly transition into talking about Corey's hit single and music video Ascension Millennium. What America Because that that's song the song is. that is the track that was playing there. If you were if people were listening to that, like I've got to Shazam that. I've got a <laughs> Shazam will come up people. with nothing. Ascension <laughs> Millennium. Shazam will come up with a big question mark. What the it's fuck like, are you uh, talking about? I tried to, I tried to Shazam like, it with my my phone ahead. transformed into a spider and crawled away like <laughs> the thing. Cthulhu, Bellman. This uh, this fucking guy. It, it sounds like uh, like a Michael Jackson song written by an AI, like the just first gen of AI. Uh, it's uh, it's frustrating because it's it, it like I probably had to hear it five or six times before I understood at all what it what the words were or remember them at all in any way because it's it's aggressive chaos and, and nonsense because ascension millennium uh you probably noticed doesn't mean anything the lyric cites genius.com surely does not have ascension millennium <laughs> where's that key oh there it is and finally hark the heavenly gates have opened and on the 22nd day the angel said shall descend upon the earth da 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 ascension millennium times four uh Welcome to the dawn of everything you can become. You will not know the reason yet of why you're here, but you can bet that they will let you have the chance you be the master of the dance. Dude, it's, uh, I don't fuck, I don't know fucking know. It's kind of about the rapture. It's, it's like Corey's angels rapture. And if you go and watch the the video, it is a sort of a one shot style video of like a day in the life of Corey Feldman (laughs) in the, the Corey, the Feld, Mansion is that we Cory verse a day in the life of the Cory verse. <laughs> we don't need to make up these funny terms. He uses yeah, these real. like like Feld the Feld Mansion. I think is his term, isn't it? Fe- is the, yeah. the the list of rules she had to read where it was called the Feld Manual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> that's much better um, than Feld Mansion. And it's like a one shot thing of him like getting out of bed and he's singing the song and he puts on these little half gloves that only cover his knuckles or they're like, or they're like child gloves that don't fit on his hands. Right. I remember and, that because he couldn't get them on and they'd like, fuck it. it was the, we're just going to do the one take, Corey. And the whole, <laughs> and the whole video is like sponsored by this energy drink you've never heard of, but he's got like signs for it everywhere. <laughs> this defunct energy drink, but yeah. he somehow got them to. I don't know, to maybe fund this video. Uh, um, the the NFTs of 2011. Right. Sean Astin was there looking at the Goonies map with him. Yeah, for some reason, Sean Astin shows up in the video. I don't know if they are still friends or if he was, if he's part of the... Uh... No, Corey saved his life once. This is this is the favor that's returning. This he pushed him the out of the way of a truck. Yeah. There's every Goonies star gets one favor from Sean Astin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you don't have any more of Ascension Millennium queued up in your soundboard. I don't. There. I, I just I, I hit it and quit fine. it because uh, I I love that clip because it's like it's so weird. He's kind of dancing around. Uh, he puts a lot of energy into these weird little shows. Like there's sort of like 20 people from the baseball game surrounding him, uh, and all the girls are in underwear pretending to play instruments. Probably I don't think they're really playing. And it's it's, and it's somehow sexy, baseball fans naked. hate that. Right. Yeah. It's just all these bored little kids, like almost touching these, these naked sex workers. And I'm like, 
Corey, this, you didn't think this through. And he's just kind of set up on the walkway on the way to the pretzels. Like it's not a stage. And, uh, because the, he was not authorized to play there. Right. It was it wasn't planned. He was supposed to be there doing like a meet and greet. All this fucking audio equipment he just showed up with. The baseball team had to issue an apology, which was, I quote, while the nature of the appearance was not what we had anticipated for the evening, we would like to apologize to all the fans who may have been offended by its content. <laughs> so he made a college summer baseball league apologize for him. You, you had to apologize for your performance. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, now, here's the thing. If someone did a reality show about Corey Feldman, I would watch it if he wasn't in on it. Right. Uh, like, I could not, I cannot tolerate the way he does these things where he's like, look at how wild and crazy my lifestyle is. I'm famous person, Corey Feldman. Um, and then trying to like scratch out a side living off of his, you know, his fame. If it was just watching just a straight up raw documentary about him trying to set the stuff up, like, like, like that baseball appearance, everything yeah. about him trying to book that about what he actually told them, what they thought, what they agreed to yeah, negotiating where he would be allowed to perform. <laughs> I would like, no perform. What? No, You're I would watch job. that with morbid, just absolute morbid fascination every minute of it, because it would be such a portrait of someone trying to cling to fame, trying to trick other people into thinking he's way more famous than he is. Like it is, there's Failing so many layers on there. Every level. But the moment it's like, him saying, oh, this documentary about my crazy, crazy life is going to be what puts me back on the map. It would ruin it. Like, it would be yep. unwatchable. Like, when he's looking into the camera or whatever, it is, it's, I can't handle it. Right. Well, uh, there was a Hollywood Reporter article that came out in 2016 that uh, sort of just, like, asked him, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, are you are you having sex with the, the Corey's Angels? Like, this is a sex cult, right? And he goes... Uh, the whole thing, this is Corey's quote, the whole thing started honestly with girls that I was dating. And, you know, before I met Courtney, I was a bit of a playboy and, you know, certainly not in a bad way. I was never a player per se. I was never the guy that would like, you know, date women and tell them they were the one and only and then secretly date five other girls. A lot of the girls that I was dating, you know, they were all kind of telling me the same thing, which was like, hey, I have this passion for art or, you know, I'm a musician, I'm a singer, I'm an actress. But a lot of them were selling themselves short. They were going to try to do playboy and that was their like their biggest goal to be kind of a glam girl, TNA model, that type of stuff. So uh, that's Corey trying to, uh, I guess, apologize. So substituted that with a lesser goal. Yes. Like do, do Playboy, do nothing. Do like my buddy Murray's house where you show up in your underpants and play pool. Um, he did say in that interview that he... Uh, the NDA that he forced the girls in a sex cult to sign was made up by the show's producers and he went along with it for fun. Now, this is the kind of childlike lie that I talk about from Corey Feldman because in that show, he was passionate about that contract. They tore up that contract and he fucking threw a fit. He was literally crying because Tommy Davidson's wife tore up the contract and said this contract is a bad idea. He gave passionate explanations for how it's a contract. You can't tear up a contract. A contract is a contract. Uh, and here he is going, oh, this is like a little goof. Little goof the producers wanted me to go along with. So I was like, I threw him a bone, made the show a little better. Uh, so anyway, uh, 
he he came out in this, I think it was this article where he said, they don't have to sleep with me, which is very- <laughs> <laughs> Which is the worst thing you could say in yeah, that moment. A, a really bad thing to say. Yes, uh, would have been a much better thing to say. Uh, I don't need to read this whole, this whole article's tragic, right? Um, I have, instead of that, I have a hearsay story about Corey Feldman. I can't name the source, but I've used them uh, as a source for an article before, and they wrote a film called Fart in the Movie. Anyway, he was uh, at a trampoline gym, and he heard an adult arguing with an employee at the trampoline gym, complaining that little kids were throwing the dodgeballs too hard. And so this man, who I will not name, went around the corner and saw that the adult arguing was Corey Feldman. I don't have any more context. I can't prove that happened. Uh, but someone told me that Corey Feldman argued with an employee of a trampoline park that the children were throwing the dodgeballs too hard. That just happened. <laughs> these these superhuman children are rocketing these dodgeballs into my tiny elfin body, and it's destroying me, sir. It is knocking parts off of me. <laughs> uh the other thing uh, I really loved, Corey Feldman did this thing on the Today Show, which became very famous. This was very viral in 2016. I have a clip from that. And you dedicated one album to Michael Jackson and the other to Corey Haim, is that right? Yeah, there's there's actually four dedications. One to my grandfather, one to Corey Haim, one to uh, Michael Jackson, Majestic, who is also a friend of Michael's. So there's so. going to be some MJ moves coming here in a minute. I um, just, does it kind of come no with MJ moves? moves. No, yeah, it's kind of a similar style of dance because we grew up dancing together. So okay. he was my idol, obviously, and a lot of my influences. So you have that feeling. It's about to go down again. <laughs> Shut the I fuck up and get it. to it. Let's do this. We're going to go for Take it. it away. Here we go. Um, it's a very bold claim he's, from a 45-year-old man who's been publicly doing a Michael Jackson impersonation since he was 12. And, um, oh, shit, look, I own the book Choreography, written by Corey Feldman. Uh, let's see. Let me see, just open up, read some passages here. Uh, but there was something about... <laughs> Watching Michael, the way he moved, so smooth, so fluid, as if sliding across the ice. I guess I sort of got the fever because suddenly I could dance, just like Michael Jackson. Not that I was prepared to show anybody, at least not yet, but locked in my room, practicing the moonwalk in front of the mirror. I felt good about myself. By the time I was finishing up Gremlins in the winter of 1984, my love of Michael Jackson had turned into a full-blown obsession. Someone I no longer remember who bought me one of those glittery Michael Jackson gloves. So, um, yes. This you. is a guy. You were the answer to <laughs> yeah, that. You did that. This is a guy confessing to practicing in his room the moves he saw Michael Jackson do on TV before he had grown up with Michael Jackson. Uh, so in th the Jackson Five. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, this is something that needs to be clarified because he talks a lot about his friendship with Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of the listeners expect some sort of like crass joke about child molestation or something. Um, people actually straight up have asked him that did Michael Jackson, you know, molest you or whatever. And he says, absolutely not. We right. were just good friends. Now, my question was, were they friends? I'm or so is this glad just something you he asked. says. Because uh, the time, uh, like he, he'll do a phone call with Michael Jackson and that's like three pages of his book. He once got uh, Michael Jackson's voicemail and realized Michael had changed his number. And this became uh, quite a story. So I'll just read the story. Befriending an already legendary entertainer was improbable enough. Staying in contact with him was a whole other matter. These were the days before cell phones and the internet, after all. And Michael was a person who traveled the world, lived in a sort of self-imposed, if also necessary, bubble, and was something of a paranoid. He had his phone number changed every few months. The first time I figured this out was when I called him and got an automated recording, telling me the number I had dialed had been disconnected. That's it, I thought. We were never going to talk again. Eventually, he explained this was just a matter of course. No, silly. I'm not changing my number because of you, he said. 
But I soon learned that when Michael changed his number, he changed all of his numbers. At the time, he was living in Havenhurst, the Jackson family compound in Encino, which by then had been outfitted with a recording studio production facilities and multiple offices, including space for his personal assistant. All of these departments had their own private telephone lines, but the numbers themselves were sequential. So if Michael's private number was, say, 788-8234, it stood to reason that the other numbers, to the main house, to the recording studio, to his production offices, and as a security gate, would be 788-8235, 8236, 8237, and so on. If I hadn't yet been given his new private line, I could usually figure it out. So uh, <laughs> this is Corey Feldman's close personal relationship with Michael Jackson, developing dance moves together while he's fucking punching random numbers into the phone trying to get him. Well, he's crude, crude early hacking. He's phone freaking Michael Jackson. <laughs> we're, the, we're best friends. Don't worry. Uh, he, he does claim that he talked to Michael regularly about every two weeks during the later production of Goonies. I looked up the production schedule and my napkin math puts that at about four phone calls. So again, amazing. He talked to the greatest performer of all time four times. That's I, I'm, I would love to speak to Michael Jackson four times. Uh, uh, they invited him to the set of the Goonies. Uh, then years later, he went to a big party at Michael's house. Like these are uh, the things that happen. He, he tells little stories of every single time he and Michael hung out, and it looks like it was about five times. Uh, I did clip one more uh, story. Quote, your butt is mine. Hello? I gripped the phone receiver, tighter, tighter against my ear. Corey, it's Michael, your butt is mine. What? What are you talking about? Gonna make it right. What? Do you like those words? They're the lyrics to my new song. It's called Bad. Michael and I hadn't spoken in a few months. Uh... That's uh that's okay. Give me I just need a moment. <laughs> you can you can uh you can edit this out of the podcast, but I just need I need to sit here for a moment. Yeah, let's just take that in. So in the context of a lie you're going to tell about a celebrity, mm-hmm. and the, he sat down and wrote this extremely because of all the things that have never happened in the universe, nothing has ever not happened to the degree that that phone call did Correct. not happen. Like that ties the record for the most didn't happen thing in the history of existence. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead and just read that passage again, which again, if you feel like this is too repetitive for the podcast, this is just no, for me. It's very important. Uh, I'll do the voice. Yeah, but it's mine. Hello? I gripped the phone receiver, tighter against my ear. Corey, it's Michael. Your butt is mine. What? What are you talking about? Gonna make it right. What? Do you like those words? They're the lyrics to my new song. It's called Bad. Michael and I hadn't spoken in a few months. (laughs) And then he calls you up to just say song lyrics, specifically the ones completely out of line that would provoke this exact reaction. Your butt is mine. That this is what he wants us to think his relationship with Michael right. Jackson was, and that this is the type of conversation they would have. And that he, in the beginning, thought that the joke is that at the beginning of the call, he thought someone had called to threaten him, a stalker or whatever. And it's right. like, no, it's Michael Jackson telling telling me the lyrics to this new song he's writing called Bad. And that part of that songwriting process is to pick up the phone and call Corey Feldman and run mm-hmm. it past him. So in a way, it's like I wrote bad with him. I mean, I'm not credited 
as a writer on bad, but that's because we both agreed that I didn't need that kind right. of attention. Well, Michael called me when he was doing the Free Willy song, uh, not for the lyrics part, but in the middle of that song when he just goes, do me up, show me that, do me up. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, ooh, that's good. Yeah, put that, I'll put that in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what I'm learning is that Corey Feldman has had several decades of experience lying about Corey Feldman, and he's still right. not good at it. Uh, well, here's the thing. I, I, I obviously don't think that story is real, and that was a problem Corey ran into a lot. Here's another quote from the book. Being friends with Michael had its difficulties. Either no one believed me, at least no one outside the entertainment industry, the kids I knew from school tended to be rather skeptical, or everyone wanted me to arrange an introduction. On that day, I had brought with me a little tape recorder. I put it in the pocket of my parachute pants. What is that? He asked as I climbed into the car. What? It looks like you have a brick in your pocket. Oh, I had already forgotten it was there. It's a tape recorder. I was wondering if I could record some of our conversation today just to have it, you know, just to keep. So uh, here, here's like how clo two close personal friends act is one of them records the conversation to prove that he's met the other. Uh, and... So, and the other hates that oh. and is immediately suspicious of it. <laughs> right. We are talking about the Today Show appearance um, because I just wanted to prove that he did not grow up with Michael. Uh, he did not learn dance moves from Michael. And so for the host of the Today Show to say, hey, we're going to see some MJ moves and for him to take offense to that is fucking crazy. And while he was doing that Today Show appearance, four days before, they filmed that. One of the hot girls says, no, I don't want to do this because I've seen your dance moves. This is going to be a fucking disaster. With almost supernatural uh, future seeing powers. And uh, I have a quote from an article about that. Guitarist Crystal Kali, who plays with blues musician Guitar Shorty, was asked by Feldman to perform on the show with his backup angels. But she quit four days before the appearance saying, I kind of knew it was going to be a shit show and an embarrassment. And that Feldman's dancing during rehearsals was distracting. I couldn't look at him. Callie, who lives in Las Vegas, says Feldman did not offer to pay her and that she used a roommate's air miles to pay for a plane to L.A. to rehearse. Once there, Feldman offered to pay for meals, but he only eats once a day. He did, however, pay for her airline ticket to New York. So that's the kind of job that Corey gets these out-of-work ladies. He's like, God, I can fucking turn your life around. I can't pay for your air travel. One meal a day. It one is square meal a day. Wait, no, sorry, not square. It's pineapple. Fruit. Yeah, one, it's, it's one fruit a day. <laughs> <laughs> okay so how do you think Corey handled it when uh his drummer ducked out four days before the gig uh i'm gonna say he pretended like it was all his idea and that it was super cool well i'll i'm gonna play the voicemail he left for her crystal it's Corey. i'm i'm wanting to believe that this is a joke uh you gotta be joking right this isn't real like no human being on this earth would be selfish enough and egotistical enough and fucked up in the head enough to fuck friends over like this at the last minute. Like, you know that I spent real money and you know that I'm struggling and you know how hard it has been to get to this point. And like no person would do this to another group of people that they call friends unless you're like a soulless, careless, like inhumane fucking piece of shit. So I really hope for Working all fucking up. practical purposes that this is a fucking elaborate joke and that you're going to call and say that this was all a joke or you were just playing or something. 
because if I don't fucking hear from you, girl, your name is fucking Mud. Let me tell you, don't even bother coming back to L.A. because you'll never get another gig in that fucking town. Ever. Like, I will fucking make sure everybody knows what a piece of shit you are. Okay? Cool, Pete. <laughs> you actually tried? You'll never work in this yeah. town again. You'll he never did. work in L.A. again. That's yeah. how much pull Corey Feldman's judgment of other people has with all of the power players that you go up to, you go, you walk into, you know, Sony, anywhere, any company. And they're like, Hey, Corey Feldman says this person's like a flake. Like he tried to do a project and they, they refused to do it once they saw him dance. (laughs) Uh, We actually have your face up on the Corey board here. Uh, Every business has (laughs) this is, yeah, this is lifetime ban. Uh, yep. from doing anything because you drop out you drop out of a gig with Corey Feldman like how can we trust gig. you a non-paying, a non-paying gig where he offered to pay for your one your one bowl of fruit a day uh, you throw away 1.5 pineapples <laughs> here's the thing about Corey Feldman I, he says an hour and 20 minutes into the podcast <laughs> I didn't know there were real people like this because this caricature turns up in movies all the time. Like uh-huh. the person who is like the former child star or the, the formerly famous person trying to cling to fame. And it's very sad. Like it's a common, you know, comedies make fun of this character all the time in the boys. You know, if they have um, the kid from the sixth sense playing like the whole joke is he's playing a burned out former child star. What's that kid's name? Now Haley, an adult, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, and he plays, right. and and it's it plays in those tropes, like he's at these sad autograph shows and trying to cling to like, you know, that that character was in the movie. Nope, you know, like this is a whole mm-hmm. thing, like the former child actor doing increasingly sad publicity stuff, and then the the sleazy Hollywood, very small time person, who is somehow the worst at. Do you know who I am? Right. I'm, I'm whatever. I'm, uh, you know, I'm Justin Roiland's sister or whatever. Like the weirdest card to pull on people. I thought that was just like a joke person that I didn't know the Holly, that LA was like full of that actual person. And maybe there, maybe it's not, maybe it literally is just Corey Feldman. Yeah. He's the inspiration but, for all of that. All of those are Corey <laughs> Feldman references you'll find. If you he watch the behind the scenes. Personifies it so hard that it's so hard to believe it's not a bit because you would think he would notice himself doing the thing that other people make fun of, right? Like, oh, those words that just came out of my mouth that I think Corey Feldman runs Hollywood. Do you know who I am? I'm one of the Corys, not the main one. He's dead. I'm the other one. I trust Corey Feldman's judgment is my point. Um, he, so that, that actually went really viral because uh, it, it was a disaster. That lady was right. And uh, everyone made fun of it, but it became a very popular Today Show clip. So they had him back on again. And uh, here's what he said. Listen, you know, we were reading some of these tweets and, and they bordered on just awful. The Insanity. Worst. Insanity. Yeah. But Insanity. what people didn't know, you were hearing from a lot of people. Pink. Yeah. Pink, Kesha, Miley Cyrus, Paris Jackson. They Michael all Jackson's out. daughter reached out. Yes. To and she was lovely. Lovely young girl. 
When did you realize right that tits. it was all noise and you needed to be true to you? You know what? A friend of mine who actually helped, he's an investor of mine, his name is Brian McMullen, and he was on the phone with me. I was all depressed and I was crying, and he said, think of it this way. When Kiss first started, when Eminem first started, when Nirvana first started, they all got hate. People were turning them off at the radio stations. People were walking off the dance floor at the clubs because it didn't make sense to them at that time. <laughs> but those all became amazing legends. Right. So just think of it that way. And that really turned it around for me because I'm like, you know what? You're right. A lot of people get hate in the beginning because we're doing something new. It hasn't been done before. The beginning. Bitch, you have been doing this 35 years. The gall to say we're doing something new. You're doing Michael Jackson impressions. Yes. How how old is Corey Feldman now? I think he's 50, almost 50. But yeah, he's he's to 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 put a spin on it that like, oh, people just don't get stuff at the beginning of a movement after he's put out like eight albums of of the same shit that everyone's like, yeah, this isn't very good. And it's not like the crowds are slowly getting bigger and he's getting more and more traction. It's he's been at this for a very, very long time and has not changed his sound at all now. Okay. And and, uh, I should not have to clarify this. Obviously sticking with your thing long after the audience has moved on. I actually respect that. I, I actually love it. Like the old, you know, hair metal bands from the eighties. I see it. They're still like playing bars and stuff right. because they love playing music. And to, to be frank, they, they can still, you know, things still find women to bang. And it's like, Hey, I'm from whatever scorpion, whatever. Um, <laughs> like, the, but the, oh, they're still scorpions. doing it. Yeah. They're showing up at the, at the County fair and it's queer. They love playing music and they, they don't care that this is what they're going to do. And they're going to do it until they're, they're old. I am, all for that. The issue is not that Corey Feldman has continued to play music all this time. When people stop reading my books, which will happen, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep writing them because sure. I wrote them before people read them and I will keep writing them for nobody because it's, it's fun. It's what I, it's what I know how to do. The issue is that he's so intent on becoming famous again. He's so sure that he can go back to 1980s level Corey Feldman fame when he just had this window of the right age, the right era, the right working with, you know, some truly great directors, that kind of thing. Um, that's what's tragic about it. It's not tragic that he has a band. I, I that's actually, you know, the, it's yeah, a little Jeremy tragic that his what, band is made up of sex slaves. That's the <laughs> issue it, that it's in the execution. Pineapple. Yeah. Agreed. Well, not everybody, uh, thinks Corey Feldman is a joke. He was invited to speak at a, at a vegan cult. I have a speech. It is uh, five minutes long. Uh, we don't have to listen to the whole thing, but uh, I think you'll really love it. Nice and friendly, and we had such a great experience. And then we got these books in the mail. He's talking and about the cult. And they were these big, beautiful, giant uh, box sets of the performances all the information about it, and we showed them to all of our friends at Christmas. It was just a beautiful experience. And then we didn't hear anything from you for many years. So we thought, well, that was interesting, you know, and we moved on. And, um, and in that time, in that last seven years since I've had the honor of seeing you all, I've been working for some very important things of my own. We, we always work towards progress. I've been a vegetarian since I was 12 years old. Why is he keep pop, popping his mic? 
Because wow. once I was old enough at like 11 to understand that the same animals that were in the cartoons were the, were the ones that were our friends and uh-huh. they were the same ones on our plate. Oh, what fuck. sense does that make? Like that. Yeah. It makes zero sense. I don't think we eat right? cartoons. But unfortunately, it makes a lot of dollars. Step one of that analogy was wrong. It makes a lot of dollars. And oh, that's, that's where right. the global economy is at, unfortunately. But we're changing it. We're seeing progress. We're seeing growth. From the time that I started being a vegetarian, and I was the crazy person at school <laughs> that would say, Why does no, he not I can't know how to use his mic lunch at school, you know, when I was 12. Right. And now, it's a great story my for the crowd, though. They love to it. a school that is a vegan-based, whole foods, nutritional <laughs> menu. You did that. Corey Feldman did that. This Progress. Is the power of wait, 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 no, wait, wait, wait. This is the power wait. of change. So <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to work with some of the great animal rights activism centers around America, around the world, the Humane Society, PETA, um, uh, Last Chance for Animals, Mercy Farm for Sanctuary, animals. Mercy for Animals. Thank you. <laughs> um, you so mad. You know, you so mad right now. <laughs> and now. Everybody heard that. On not only the environment, but I'm also working on protecting our children, our children who have been ignored mm-hmm. for a long, long time. And I'm trying to change laws by creating a movement. And that movement is called Kids 2. It's my answer Kids to 2. Me Too. And it's hashtag Kids 2. Because God's children, all of us, all of us are God's children. And we all deserve a chance to live our lives to the fullest innocently and purely and with love so i'm creating a film at home it's a documentary and i'm also uh um writing a very powerful book to talk about everything that i've experienced in trying to tell the truth because a lot of people don't want to hear the truth and it's the same in the meat and dairy industry it's the same in the agriculture and the farming it's in many the ways, same in the environmental, his struggle is the same as uh, fight where people say there is no climate struggle. change and you say, what are you crazy? <laughs> you know, it's the same. People put earplugs in their ears and they don't want to hear the truth. But I'm here as a fighter for the truth. And I know that you are Supreme Master. And I thank you so much for your truth. Well, the cult leader's name Supreme so Master. For your fight and for all the blessings <laughs> and the good that, that you're doing for this earth. We need thank you, Supreme Master. We need your I don't believe it's a cult either. I too understand the the power of contracts. And in doing my part, I wanted you all to know that I wrote a song when I was 15 years old. And that song was about how we could change the planet if we wanted to. So I'd like to introduce to you my beautiful wife, Miss Courtney Ann Mitchell, or now Courtney Ann Feldman, who's going to be singing with me. Hi, everyone. She's got a keyboard solo for you. It's such an honor to be here. Um, we're so grateful to be here, and we appreciate you so welcoming to us and all these so beautiful lovely. people that have been so welcoming and kind to us. That's what we need in the world right now is more compassion and kindness for one another and more for love. our fellow animals. More <laughs> compassion. Yeah. You yes. know they didn't know he was going to so perform anyway, here either. Were, it's the I baseball the stadium all over again. Yep. Like panic thought, in the back of you know, behind the scenes. All we just, have to do is what the fuck love. is he doing? Get him off. That's all we have to do. All we have to do is care about one another. All we have to do is be compassionate for one another. And when I say Corey. that, I don't mean just let's pray for each other. Or let's I mean pray start for a sex call. Let's pray for every being that lives on this planet. 
But no man. Because every being planet. that lives on this planet <laughs> is one of God's children and deserves the empathy and the love Except and the compassion. Rival perverts. From the trees to the animals to each other. So this song is called It's So Simple. She is going to join me singing beautiful background vocals. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's totally different than she anything else you're going to hear, I'm sure, today. <laughs> but hopefully you open your mind to something new. Thank you. He's already apologizing for the song. Wow. 15 years old only. And already so conscious. Bless you. And check, your, check. your dress is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, oh, we're journeying through space. They just cut his song from the broadcast. The cult. <laughs> I knew it. I knew he wasn't authorized to perform. <laughs> the vegan cult, after that meandering speech, cut his song. Uh, I love it so much. I, I love how his entire philosophy on life is so childlike just i saw the cartoon animals and they are friends and i said we can't eat our cartoon friends and i asked michael do we really eat cartoons and he said yes he said your butt is mine Um, your butt when he said and then today he said there's referenced a kid going to a vegan-based school. He didn't say his child. He doesn't have children, does he? I, he said his child, but I think I, he did say his know. kid. I don't know if he has as kids. an inspirational story. He said, "Now living in L.A., I can send my child to a private cult school." Oh, oh a hypothetical child. Right. He's not saying he does that. He doesn't actually have. Right. But I think he was taking credit for just it. Made up like, because of my actions in my sex cult, there are more vegetarians now. Right. And if I did have a kid uh, through sex, through real sex, which I have with women all the time, and I'm good at it, at the squirting and the poking. Uh, <laughs> so he references... He references something that I, I guess is the elephant in the room at this point, which is that... It is every once in a while, like every few months on Reddit, it will surface an interview he did way back in the day with Barbara Walters, I guess, where he Mm -hmm. talks about like widespread sexual abuse in Hollywood. And then she like shuts him down and makes fun of him. And of course, it it turns out, one, the idea that there's all sorts of weird sex perverts in Hollywood Should never have been been laughed off as like a ridiculous conspiracy theory. Correct. Like, I'm sorry. That's not like. We're doing a show about It wasn't. 2017 is not when we discovered that there's weird sex perverts in Hollywood. That was a running joke, the casting couch and all that. Mm -hmm. Literally from the day they built the first studio in 1906 or whatever. So, but then he claimed that. He and other child stars were constantly like sexually abused, which again, very believable claim. Because again, mm-hmm. if you have casting agents and it is known that you're going to be able to see like the most attractive children, you know, and these parents who are desperate for them to get famous, they're going to leave you in the room with them. That will attract predators because they know that's that's where they'll have an opportunity. That's where that's what they do. They get those jobs. So he talked about how. You know, like I tried to blow the lid off of this. Nobody believed me. And then he will occasionally, occasionally it will go viral as like, hey, 
this is a good guy who was shunned uh-huh. from the industry because he was a whistleblower. Like this is why he doesn't have a career anymore. And it's always by well-meaning people who don't know what Corey Feldman has spent the last correct however many these, years doing. This is a these are terrible and tragic allegations, and I don't know what happened to him because he's so dishonest and gross himself. That and 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 a lot of the stories he's he's claimed have been you know contradicted by other people involved and they're very childlike like his stories it's i I don't want to say them out loud but they're they're, you're like you're hearing you're like this is like what a fucking 10 year old would make up and he also he does it as like a direct money-making scheme like in 2017 he tried to raise 10 million dollars for a film that would finally reveal the names of all his abusers and he didn't get it, so he took a reality show gig with his brother, who seems to hate him, to raise the money to finish the film. And then everything went haywire because he's Corey Feldman. So they had a live stream when they finished the film, and it broke during the premiere. And he claimed that, that was evil Hollywood abusers hacking his website. Totally stupid. It was a complete shit show. Uh, I, you just can't believe anything he says. And he keeps trying to fold the "I'm going to blow the lid off yeah. this" into just another one of his. He like, did it in the middle of that fucking vegan cult speech. Like, I love you. Thank you for having me. I'm going to blow the lid off these allegations in a book coming up. Yeah. And he works it in, right, as just another one of his little hustles he's got going on. Yeah. That's that's where this, I mentioned at the very top of the show, like the, the unspeakable tragedy and the hilarious tragic comic figure, like it just dances on the knife's mm-hmm. edge. That's why I find it so fascinating because he, look, there's lots of child actors who grew up to be totally normal people and have in fact just become adult actors. Like lots of the adult actors that you've forgotten were child actors. They got their start doing commercials when they're five years old. They've been in the business their whole lives and they're fine. There are lots of normal people in Hollywood. This is one of the things people don't realize um, that's one of the deep, dark secrets. A lot of these people, they're just boring. A lot of them don't live in Hollywood. Like they, they come in and shoot their movie. Then they go back and live in Montana, like Harrison Ford. Like Tommy so Davidson. It's not, yeah. A lot of these people are, are normal, well-adjusted people. So why he couldn't just have a normal life. Like I get that he had several bombs in a row and got put in movie jail or, or whatever, you know, you, you stop getting roles. Um, but he chose a path that was very much his own choice. Like the, what he's doing, if he, if he truly is carrying the trauma of having been abused by someone saying, Hey, you have to do this for me and I'll give you the role for him to then turn around and do his weird Corey's angels thing Uh specifically based on these women have nowhere to live. So I'm going to give them somewhere to live. And they're depending on me to give them a career, but one of the one of the, you know, it, one of the contractual and things they must do in return is pretend that we have sex. <laughs> and when I when I make my little jokes about how we have sex, they have to go along with it because I actually have, I don't know how that works. Uh, that is that's awful on a level that I can't even make jokes about, which I realize yeah. all of my podcast appearances end with me saying, this isn't even funny. Why are we laughing at it? That <laughs> happens 400 that's times. Your, that's it your is, catchphrase. It is <laughs> very, yeah. 
It, do we have the the song that I the comeback king song? Do you have that on your soundboard? Let's see, let me look. Know what time it is? You know what time it is. Comeback. I'm the comeback, comeback king. I am missing, missing nothing. If it's going to go into swing, you better make it sting. Cause I'm the comeback king. Get you down on the floor, they're gonna keep it. They just kick you some more and treat you like spit. Cause when you reach for the door, they're gonna <laughs> God damn it, that's a fucking comeback song. They're going to treat you like a spit, and then they take your door and they close it. <laughs> fucking melodic. The audacity to call himself the comeback king when he's been struggling for 30 years to make one. Just a single comeback, Corey. Just one fucking role that isn't you just being a shit show. Uh, it's... That's rough. And here's the thing. I know that statistically in the audience of the dog zone, there's, there's at least, at least one person out there who's like, that's not, that's not bad. There's at least one Corey Feldman in the audience. There's at least one. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. He is going to find this. He's got a Google (laughs) alert set up, but you know what? I still don't believe it. I think he'll listen back to it and be like, God damn it. Yeah. I was, (laughs) was the best I I could do. I'm I was starting to, to be real here. careful about like like double checking sources and trying to get every detail right. But I'm like, Corey Feldman's reaction is going to be fucking exactly the same no matter how accurate I am. So whatever. Fucking. You're going to get a lawyer letter that was written 100% by Corey Feldman because right. there is no way that he can afford to employ an attorney. Absolutely. And I'm not making fun of anybody else's financial situation, but he absolutely pretends to live a lifestyle like the thing in the voicemail when he's talking about how he like, you know, I can't like I'm struggling right now. You know, I can't afford this, blah, blah, blah. Like that and then was, immediately that was segues true. into you'll never work in this town again. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know how I'm incredibly struggling. powerful. I, I can I can get anyone else work at any time I want. Yeah. But just not, not, me. not me. Shouldn't not have me. made that wish with that genie. I knew he was going to twist it. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, he probably had plenty of money if he just like lived like a normal person uh and just because he has like 130 movie credits like like even if that doesn't he's getting residuals residuals like he's he should make enough to move to montana and have a ranch for sure yeah this is not a life he is living where it's like the only possible thing that's available to him that's you know there he had a lot of choices because again uh, i do not doubt made a lot of money because again i for those of you again the, the gen z kids who still are like well it just it, it you know it just dead ass sounds like he's a like he's a loser he's he's a he's he's not bussing he's uh <laughs> he sounds sus. he sounds sus he sounds like he's yeah. been sus his whole life that's not true he, it's he used to be uh just a, a he used to be low-key a megastar sure. uh for several years they would i'm not talking about one movie he, there was a string of and he was one of the biggest stars in Hollywood as a teenager. And there were posters that I, you know, probably, you know, there a lot of a lot of uh, young girls. He was like their first crush. Like like they they thought they in their formative years decided Corey Feldman was like the perfect man. Like this is what mm-hmm. this this is two. masculinity modeled for me. Sixty five pounds, sixty six if he cut his dick off. That's right. His dick weighs negative one pound. <laughs> negative one pound. Yeah, I got it. 
That seems like a perfect time to plug your book, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's okay. I had forgotten to tell now that I've not been on the show since I put a new book up for pre-order because I've, I'm doing this crazy book schedule. This year, <laughs> later this year, I have a book called Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. It is the third in the Zoe Ash novels, the sci-fi novels that uh, the other people on the podcast have read some of them. But they have very good reviews there. So th- this one's up for pre-order. It comes out later this year. The first two you can go read now or get at a used bookstore for probably nothing. Although if you bought the new, I'd be extremely grateful. The first one is called Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits. The second one is called Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick. So Walmart is carrying a book called Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick? I you probably will not find it at Walmart, but you can. It, the other places that sell books, including if you wanted an audio or whatever, uh, they're they're out there. Was that, and was I that think, your first choice of title again? The way I come up with the titles for these books is I have a working title that I put on the Word doc that I think would be very funny if I called the book that. And then approximately 100% of the time, we wind up making that the final title. You and the problem bitch. is... You absolute son pro- of a bitch. The problem is that I've been doing this long enough that I will submit um, the title to the publisher and they'll they'll just start like on their... They'll come back with like cover, you know, concept art, stuff like that for the, the cover. And, and it's got like Zoe Punches the Future on the in the dick on there. And then I will come back like, well, now are we, are we, are we final on that title? Like, is that... I'm like, oh, well, we trust your judgment. It's like, <laughs> no, I don't see. I think... I was, I was assuming there would be like a meeting or something. It's like, no, the, the, the train has left the station. We're going ahead with the thing you put on the Word doc. So... uh in theory, it probably would have been a more successful novel if I had called it something other than Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick. I do feel like I do create a barrier for some people to enjoy the work. Um, but as I discussed at the top of the show, I feel like there's I feel like there's decisions that all three of us make that sometimes are counter to <laughs> the business interests of our operation. Yeah. Um, but, but also it makes me feel as, like a real artist or something, it just or makes maybe me feel just... like I got all my spite out, which is valuable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also it, I am literally statistically primarily to the world, a TikTok creator <laughs> as, as I have 70,000 oh, yeah. followers on there now under the username, Jason K. Pargin and my videos have been viewed more than. 60 million times so uh so you're raking in the money off of that <laughs> uh yesterday on the tiktok creator fund i made four dollars and 27 cents <laughs> that is not a joke of course that is not money. a joke whatsoever i'm i'm on pace to make almost 150 dollars this month in revenue on tiktok but i am hey, you know if you, you can fill a all- couple of sad ladies with fruit with that kind of money you might be able to start a sex cult <laughs> Now that cut out for me on my end, and I'm very grateful. <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually the the AI of the recording software saying nope, nope. Um, 
But no, if you take all of the articles I ever wrote at Cranked, all of the Substack columns, all of the everything I've ever written in my life, all of the podcast recordings, all of the books I've ever sold, it does not add up to the number of people I've reached on TikTok since I started this account in August. So history on my obituary, it will stay. TikTok creator Jason Pargins passed away. Leaving in, his TikTok fortune of $150. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, he wrote he wrote several books trying to cash in on his TikTok fame because they'll, they'll looking back they'll just see they'll think I just everything else stemmed from that. So yeah, that's uh, and it's all, I, I guess according to uh, Congress members of Congress, it's all just a, a Chinese thought weapon. Uh, the app is just they designed it to overthrow America, but. Uh, Hey, I get good traction, so it's that's the trade-off. Yeah, I hope that, that engagement the, is worth it, trader. The hundred that and the hundred and forty bucks—that's what it cost. That's what it cost the communists to buy a me man. Off. Mm-hmm. We used to make fun of stuff that got made in China, but you know what China is saying now? What time it is? It's a comeback. I'm the comeback, comeback king. Einstein, who did Frankfurt? had it too good for too long. Sarsquatch, laughing at us from their unspoiled forest. Don't even pay rent. Well, I'm sick of it. And I've recruited the best goddamn big feet hunters this side of the Withlacoochee. I call them the Supremes. We got Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H, Aiden Muat, Alpha Scientist Javo, Andreas Larson, Armando Nava, Badger is hunting foot big because he's dyslexic. Benjamin Cyronin. Ben Talzer. Brandon Garlock brought Bigfoot urine, but not as lure. And that's all gentlemen say. Brian Saylor. Brianne Whitney. Rockway loves the meat millet. Woo-wee, yes he does. Very two math. Zero. Chad ain't satisfied hunting Bigfoot. He's here to make a Bigfoot hunt him. Chance McDermott. Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Bigfoot stole his girl. Not romantically, Bigfoot stole a whole person and he's here for revenge. Dan B, Devin the Rogue Supreme, Dean Costello, Bigfoot stole his girl, but romantically, and he's here to win her back. Donald Finney, Dr. Awkward, Eric Spalding, Fancy Shark stole Bigfoot's girl, and he's here to do it again. Jellaho, Greg Cunningham, Hambone, Haraka is actually hunting a Mothman. Fucking takes all kinds, am I right? Harvey Penguini, Hot Fart, Jaber Al Aiden, Jeff Araski, John Dean, John Hector McFarlane has successfully hunted seven big feet. Wears her heads on a necklace and never takes off. It's so heavy he's got neck problems. It's real. That's real stuff right there. John McCammon, John Minkoff. 
Josh Fabian. Joshua Graves is hunting every man's dream. Two big feet at the same time. Josh S. Ken Paisley. K&M is hunting Bigfoot the truck. He gonna skin it. M. Jahi Chappelle. Mac Miserable. Matt Riley. Max Baroy. Michael Lair is here to save Bigfoot, the deluded son of a bitch. Michael Wales. Mickey Loman. Mike Styles. Moju fell for one of Bigfoot's pyramid scams. Ain't nobody leaves this forest till that $3,500 comes back. ND. Neil Bailey. Neil Schaefer. Neku104 don't believe in Bigfoot, but does believe the zoo has lost more apes than they cotton to. Nick Ralston. Ozzy Olin. Patrick Hurst. Rachel is Bigfoot's girl, and she called him stepping out. Rain Vargas. Rhiannon. Sarkovsky. Sean Chase. Saren is only here to find out what they say about fellers with big feet is true. Spotty Reception. Supernaut. Ted H. Thomas Cavazos don't want to kill Bigfoot, but he sure wants to fuck him up some. Timmy Leahy. Toasty God. Tom Sekula has two trained Bigfoot hounds, and they will attack anything over seven feet tall. Sorry, Shaq. Tommy G. Waylon Russell. Yesarian. And Unandy, who is secretly a Bigfoot in a hat and trench coat. He's here because infiltrating Bigfoot hunts is the only thing that gets his motor running anymore, and I support it. Oh no, the hounds! Run! Run, you majestic bastard!